With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Bulletin. Right, the bulletin today with uh, yes, our very own Brad Lewis. Uh, of course, uh, Brad is the producer for the run home with Kirsten Beeve. Uh, so uh, he's taken uh, 10 minutes out of his uh, preparation time uh, to speak to us about events over the weekend. And uh, I guess, uh, Brad, good morning to you. Uh, the first thing we have to look at is the all-black captain. I mm. thought a very handy performance in the first 80 minutes. And then uh, an issue or two in the two minutes afterwards. Uh, what? What have you made of this? Is it a, a bit of a beef? And we're hearing 15 pitch invaders? Yeah, uh, a beat up. Uh, potentially, look, what has he really done wrong apart from give someone what they deserve, Smithy? I mean, I don't know if you were, um, you played that day where Chapel Smith would do it. It might have been Wally Lees that was where keeper that day. I think it was in the yeah. uh, 82, 83. But that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I remember having a Richard Hadley video and saw Chapel smacking this this bloke on the butt. He got what he deserved. And if you enter the, the field of play, Smithy, Especially on a rugby field, and you've got thirty, uh, you know, growing men out there who've just played eighty minutes of a game. You should expect someone to take the matter into their own hands. I have absolutely no issue with what Sam Kane did, and anyone that does needs to give themselves an uppercut. To be completely honest with you, because this bloke invaded their pri- his private space, uh, and who, for all Sam Kane knew, Smithy, this guy could have been carrying a knife or something. So I have no issue. It was just a little trip, and the guy could have got worse. I heard one of your callers ringing up. I was driving into work this morning. One of the callers said, "The guy's lucky that Sam Kane didn't tackle him because he he probably would be in hospital right now." So uh, no issue with it. Sam Kane actually, from a rugby perspective, I thought was fantastic, along with with the majority of his teammates. So that's what we should be focused on. Not and, and he's apologised. He's done what he needed to do. I have no issue with it. And and if he gets if he if he faces any re- repercussions from this, I'll be really disappointed. Yeah, I, I don't think he faces any re- repercussions at all. Actually, I think uh, behind the scenes, uh, most people will be saying bloody good job um, <laughs> in, in front of, in front of cameras and the things. They might just say, hey, hey, you know, leave it to them next time around. But um, all's good. Let's move on. To, uh, let's move on to, to this weekend. Uh, and you'll be featuring a lot on your shows throughout the week, I'm sure, talking mm. to rugby personalities from all around the world. Uh, this is looming as a big one now when you look at uh, a, well, a, a slightly under-strength Springboks putting Australia to bed the way they did. Ooh. Yeah, uh, look, a lot of people called it a B team. I think Peter Steftatoy was playing in that game, and he's probably the best flanker in world rugby right now. So, and there are a numerous players that will be featuring in the, in the game this weekend. I think eleven players uh, were sent to New Zealand early, and those eleven will no doubt be in the fifteen that that takes the park um, at uh, Go Media on Saturday night. But what a test match, Smithy! And this is what we live for as All Black fans: is as uh, matches against the best in the world, which the Springboks are right up there. I think New Zealand's only fourth in the world at the moment, folks. Maybe third behind the patties and the box uh, and what a fantastic game of rugby this is going to be. I think South Africa have, have targeted this game, Smithy, that's, that's been pretty clear to me uh, and I think we'll see a very different type of performance from the Springboks, a more traditional Springbok type of rugby performance uh, and this will be a much bigger test for the All Black side, Smithy, than, than, than the Pumas and, and Mendoza. Uh, certainly defensively they're going to face a lot more tests uh, and, you know, Rico Ioane, fantastic uh, 
uh, yesterday morning. Uh, but this is a big test for him and his ambitions to be the centre for the All Blacks come uh, the business time of Rugby World Cup. That That is the one guy this week that I'm going to be focusing a lot of attention on to see what he can do uh, in the in the cauldron of a test match against the Springboks in an unfamiliar territory of Go Media Stadium. It's not the Eden Park. This is the thing. The Springboks, are, they're not going to Eden Park. Maybe they're going to a, a venue where I'm not sure the All Blacks have played a test match before. So that's that's the interesting thing for me. Begs the question, uh, what would Australia make of going to Go Media Stadium? They uh, haven't dined too well at Eden Park. I just wonder if, with, whether they've put their hand up to turn up there for a, for a change. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week, and I imagine throughout your, uh, your shows uh, leading into it, uh, you'll have a lot of rugby personalities on. I look forward to that, uh, Brad. What about the tennis side of things here? This mm. is interesting. Uh, the WTA have put new restrictions on 250-level tournaments like ours. Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, and, and stop them signing players from inside the top 30. Uh, so Nicholas Lamparan, who of course uh, does that on our behalf now at the, the tennis centre, trying to get Coco Goff under exemption. What is happening here? Well, I mean, what is that going to do to our type tournaments? Yeah, uh, this in the long term could be a, a death knell in terms of, of attracting great talent uh, to these tournaments. I've just been reading a story David Long from Stuff put up and he interviewed Nicholas Lamprin and he sort of said that he thinks this this current uh, tournament, which is coming up in, in uh, six months' time, probably won't be affected as much. And it hasn't been made official yet, but it's something that where, where there's smoke, there's fire, right, Smithy? So it's something that's going to happen. And uh, Lamprin ruled out going... Um, to upgrade their status to a, a 500 tournament uh, because the I think there's a Brisbane tournament on the same weekend in Australia that's also looking to do the same thing so they can get better players and basically what this is is a, is a company's come and they've, they've taken 20% of the stake of, of the WTA and they're, and they're looking to uh, increase the uh, the, the broadcast revenue by making these 500 tournaments much more uh, appealing and attractive by having the best players in the world. So anyone outside the top 30, you can go and hang out in Auckland and the best players in the world are going to be over here in Brisbane or Dubai or, or wherever the, the money is that week. And, and I think the long-term effect could could be detrimental uh, to, to that tournament attracts. Look, think of some of the great players that have been here, Smithy. Uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's they've some of the best players in the world uh, at some point or other in their career have, have played here. Coco Goff, one of them, uh, you know, Sloane Stevens won the tournament not that long ago. We've had we've had Kornikova out here. We've had Kvitova out here. We've had Azarenka out here. Uh, and to think in maybe 18 months' time that might not be the case is a real shame. Uh, and it just makes Nicholas Lamprin's job even harder now. Like when you think, you know, our number one seed is going to be the 31st best player in the world. It's not as attractive as a Coco Goff or a Sloane Stevens. No, it doesn't. Um, you know, you're just going to have to front up with the money, it seems, to get yourself elevated in terms of prize money. I'm not even sure how you, you go about doing that kind of thing. But uh, if they've, uh, you know, they play the slams for, of, of course, the prestige mm. and the title. Uh, but those other tournaments in between, um, they're the lifeblood uh, because there's a lot more of them. And so if you can't compete there, Brad, mm. uh, that's a, a bit of a worry. Speaking of of comparing or competing. Uh, how about the performance of Dan Hooker? Oh, my goodness. All, bloody, all bloodied up. I saw the photos and uh, the things on social media, and apparently they're saying possibly with a broken arm coming through. Yeah, it looks like he broke his arm early doors third round, and that was his best round of the fight. Uh, and actually, one judge scored the third round to Jalen Turner, so that dude should be fired for a start because there's no way that Dan Hooker lost that third round. I cannot believe that when I saw the scorecards come out this morning. But look, Dan faced adversity in this fight, Jalen Turner, tough guy, beat his teammate Brad Riddell um, about 12 months ago. Uh, so he's a, he's, and it's the first time Dan's fought anyone taller than him in, 
in, in a fight. So it was really interesting, Dan, trying to figure out that that reach and range. But he's just a warrior, Smithy, and I know that term gets um, thrown around uh, in combat sports. But he is he's legitimately just a tough, tough human being uh, who who's proud of being a New Zealander. He's proud of being a city kickboxing member. He's proud to be in the UFC. Um, he, he dug down on his mouthpiece, bit down on it, and uh, and came out the other end with a career saving victory like lose this fight Dan Hook is out of the rankings and potentially becomes what what they call in the business a gatekeeper where he's he's fighting up and coming guys instead he's now he's now beaten two uh, prospects in a row and, and, and Claudio Pugliers and, and Jalen Turner and now he can get back into the mix of fighting your Dustin Poirier as you just engaged he's certainly been in the conversation to fight those guys uh, and what that means in the long term, Smithy, is that, you know, two more wins and we start talking about Dan Hooker in contention for a UFC title which the, with the way their rankings work. So uh, that's, you know, a, a lot of people look at Dan Hooker's re- record and they look at Kai Kara France's record and they see a lot of losses on their uh, on their records. But in, in MMA, when the best fight, the best Smithy, unlike boxing where you pad your records, you're going to lose four, five, six fights. You know, Dustin Poirier's lost seven times. He's one of the best fighters on the planet. It happens. Not everyone is John Jones. Wow. Okay. Not everyone's John Bones Jones. All uh, right. We're 10 days out. Can you believe this, uh, Brad? <laughs> yeah. uh, 10 days out from the Women's World Cup. Can you believe that? It's come around so quickly towards the end of it. So, as soon as we named our side. Incidentally, our side to playing tonight mm. at McLean Park in Napier against Vietnam. I'm looking out the window. We've had a truckload of rain here, mate, over the weekend. Uh, but at, at this stage, it's uh, overcast. I think it's fair to say with a little bit more rain predicted. Hope there's a decent crowd. Might even go there myself if it's a decent evening. But um, what I'm uh, looking for is a really strong performance from uh, from our side here. I mean, it's the only chance they've got. Yeah, uh, this is a chance to build confidence uh, ahead of of what is the the this is the moment of these young ladies' lives, Smithy. This is what they have been gunning for for the last four or five years was to be part of the twenty three for this squad. Uh, this is their moment, and you know I know they haven't been in great form. And I look back again, Smithy. I'm looking back to ninety two, the Cricket World Cup, where the Black Caps were not looking good going into a home World Cup. I think you guys have been trounced by England um, and, and a couple of ODIs and playing the best team in the world on the opening game and, and then a, a certain Marty Crow plays the innings of, of a lifetime and Chris Harris bowls like a legend and you take a few catches and Chris Harris gets a run out and next thing you're on your bike. It can happen. Momentum is a thing in sport and who knows? They they, they win this game tonight against Vietnam then they, they maybe pull the pants down in Norway in their first game and all of a sudden they're, they're a point away from making the, 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 the second round, the knockout phases. So it can happen. Sport's a wonderful thing and uh, always beware of the underdog and I think uh, aside from from one game in this tournament the uh, football ferns are going to be the underdogs in, in this tournament so like get, they need to get the job done tonight build that confidence uh, and then uh, attack the tournament from, from from the kickoff what I'm looking forward to Smithy is the fact that the mm. US team are staying just around the corner from SENZ here in, in Auckland and might be a chance to you know run into a cafe and see Megan Rapinoe uh, maybe uh, you know ordering a, a, a flat white latte or probably a no a fat latte would probably be be the cooler oak milk latte or something for a football player but yeah they're, they're just staying around the corner so there's a chance that you might you might see a few of these superstars of women's football walking around your cities in the next com- coming weeks which is really cool absolutely Megan Rapinoe probably the best uh, recognized uh, women's footballer on the planet at the moment Although Marta is uh, from Brazil, is about mm. to play in her sixth World Cup. That's a staggering. Alex Morgan, co-captain of the USA team, very recognisable. And, of course, a uh, young lady by the name of Trinity Rodman. I hope Dad's around. Yes. 
Yes, yes, and and look, Ian Foster's going to have an eye on this tournament too, Smithy, with his yeah, with, his, with, with, with his young with his young girl playing. And look, I know that women's football, uh, in terms of its peak interest, is not a, a lot of New Zealanders don't watch a lot of women's club football around the world, but. Literally, the England team is full of stars as well. We have the best players coming to New Zealand and Australia in the, in the next uh, couple of days um, to be playing a part of this tournament. Uh, it is a true global phenomenon, this World Cup, and I uh, cannot wait for it to get started. I, I think we, the tournament needs New Zealand to do well, um, to get the public yep. behind it. Uh, that's really, really important. And if they can do well, make the playoffs, then, then I think the fans will, will follow the team as well. I agree. 2 0 win over Norway, 20th at uh, Eden Park, packed house. I think that sets it alight quite easily. That's just, uh, reminiscent of Martin Crow, you're right. Uh, hey, Brad, have a terrific day and uh, a really cool week as we look forward to this test match uh, and this massive weekend mm. at Go Media Mount Smart next, uh, coming up next weekend. It's just going to be absolutely the hub, the place to be. Cheers, Brad. Thanks, Have buddy. a good day. Uh,